for security there's a ton of content out there and if you don't know where to start it can be overwhelming even paralyzing so let's fix that welcome to simply cyber a community of tens of thousands of aspiring and active cybersecurity professionals focused on networking knowledge sharing and professional development i'm dr gerald Dozier, chief content creator at simply cyber inviting you to get the answers to your cybersecurity problems with hundreds of cybersecurity videos answering your frequently asked questions interviewing industry experts and live streaming daily cyber threat briefings hosted by me now get the stories and insights you won't find anywhere else Hit subscribe now and dig into all the fresh content on the channel and in the community. Nothing should stop you from launching and leveling up your cybersecurity career today. All right. Good morning, folks. Welcome aboard. Today is Tuesday, December 26th, day after Christmas. Whoop, whoop. Hope everybody had a great three-day weekend. I certainly did with the family. Welcome to episode number 522 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier. And over the next 45 minutes, me, you, Jesse Johnson, Carrie, Johnny Five, Kimberly, Marcus, Kyler, Adam, and the Yeet Crew. <laughs> All those over on LinkedIn, some newcomers who maybe got Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing for Christmas are in their stocking this year. We're all going to be shredding the top cybersecurity news stories of the day. And the over-under is 100 people in chat as people uh, continue to enjoy that holiday spirit. We're going to be shredding the top cybersecurity news stories of the day. And, you know, guess what, guys? Threat actors don't take a day off, unfortunately. So <laughs> we don't get to either sometimes. But we're going to go through the top cyber news of the day and give you everything you need to be able to drive. And, and you know, short term, like tactical, right? If, or if you're uh, planning for 2024, that's a good way to do it. Uh, also, if you are looking to break in the industry, if 2024 is going to be the year that you just straight up crush it. Believe me, you're going to be happy that you're here today in 2023 because you're going to be asked in any single job interview. And you're almost you're probably going to crack up when they ask you in the interview. Uh, what do you do to stay current? Because this answer, in my opinion, is phenomenal. Uh, plus, the networking is great. Look at all those. Katima, Noble, Regine, Franklin, Nia, Divine, Dream, Divine, as always. Uh, just straight up. It's all about good times every single day of the year. All right, guys, before we get into it, I do want to say shout out and thanks to the stream sponsors. I do want to do one uh, quick serious thing for a moment, though, uh, if you um, and allow me. Um, so Eric Taylor sent this to me. Um, Eric Taylor sent this to me this morning. Uh, so I can't really show it very easily uh, on the screen. But if some of you may or may not know that Eric Taylor's son, Hunter, is actually awaiting a heart transplant. And he actually got notified yesterday uh, that he is ready. And he actually prepped in at 7.30 this morning. And he is in surgery getting that heart that he desperately needs. So if you would, we don't do it often on the show. But if you would, I'd like to just take a moment and uh, send good vibes, prayers, if, if you're into that, uh, for Hunter and for Eric and for the whole Taylor family as they go through this. Um, go through this and, 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 you know, amazing, 
uh, getting getting on the donor and uh, having it all work out. And the team over at MUSC, Sean Jenkins. So just a quick moment uh, of silence to uh, send prayers, if you would. All right. All right. We'll see you on the other side, Hunter. All right. Let's keep going here. All right, guys. I want to give a shout out to the stream sponsors, starting with my good friend, Eric Taylor, who we will cover at the mid-roll. Uh, and his team, Barricade Cyber, keeping it locked down, even while they're going through uh, amazing, um, amazing transformations on the personal side. I uh, also want to say shout out to Panopsi. Security, Panopsi Security, get a partner who understands your cyber program and your business goals. Your cyber budget and team deserve the expertise that Panopsi can bring you in order to do things as tactical as tabletop exercises and um, quantified risk assessments or something a bit more strategic around like 2024 planning. Maybe uh, actually taking your information security program from reactive to proactive. Uh, all those different things and more. Um, Penopsi and, and Brandon Poole can help you with. I actually have a call with them on Friday just to touch up on 2024 initiatives. Check them out at penopsi.com. Love it, love it, love it. Also, I want to say shout out to Anti-Siphon Training. I do have to actually get a link for you guys to click specifically, but Anti-Siphon Training is disrupting the traditional cybersecurity training industry by offering high quality cutting edge education by industry best practitioners um, at a ridiculous cost point. Uh, many courses at zero dollars. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you are, and it, it almost seems unbelievable. Believe me, it's not. It's top quality content, zero dollars. Go to the link in the description below, go to training. And then um, inside training, there is a um, there is a free or pay what you can training. Excuse me. It's not coming up for me right now. Pay what you can training. And in there right here, you can see it on stream. If you're watching with me, pay what you can training. You can take all these courses. And I want to give you a shout out. Uh, Kimberly, if you can remind me, I, I, I want to add the following links to the um, to the daily cyber threat briefing. Um, I got to get bit.ly links. Active defense and cyber deception and SOC core skills is coming up at the end of January, early February. So this is like a double shot of unbelievable value, right? You can do application Linux server side stuff. But right here, this is what I want to tell you. Monday, January 29th, John Strand's doing his four-day course for $0 and SOC core skills with John Strand right the week after for $0. You could pay between 0 and 575 So if you got a couple bucks and you want to throw at it, if you're getting expensed, uh, certainly do that. But definitely check it out. I've taken the Active Defense Cyber Deception. It is fantastic. It is Tuesday, so it's Tidbits Tuesday. So I'll be sharing a little bit about me. Uh, although, we'll see how it goes. I, I literally came in the studio hot. I don't have... Um, this is my first sip of coffee. So we'll, I don't even know what this... Like, literally, I don't prep or research any of the stories. But I do see the um, the headline as I'm building the tabs out. Today, I didn't even see them. Like, the little intro was playing while I was doing it. So let me take a sip of coffee. Let me take a sip of coffee. And uh, we'll get into it. Do some news, okay? I hope everybody had a great holiday. Mm. Oh. Oh. Hold on. That was so nice. I got to do it twice. Wow.
Oh my God. Oh, the camera's going to go off for a second here, people. I need a moment. Wow. Whew. All right, let's go. Time to let the cool sounds of the hot news wash over us in an awesome wave. I'll see you guys at the mid-roll. And obviously, we can catch up, high five, and see how everybody's day went yesterday during jaw jacking. Let's go. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity. Wait a minute. Dude, so I take one day off, one day off, and my brain melts where, like, I don't even remember what I'm doing. Before... I was so ready to go in the news. Let me tell you, I forgot. Each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing is worth half a CPE. So say what's up in chat, take a screenshot, file it away. And if, you know, Isaka or ISC Squared or Santa, when he's double checking his naughty nice list, comes at you, you got all the evidence to support what you're doing. And when it's time to submit your CPEs, just count the number of files and multiply it by 0.5. And that's how many CPEs you got. Perfect, perfect plan. Easy to do it. What's Just say what's up in chat and grab that screenshot. Hashtag Team SC if you're part of the Simply Cyber Crew. And if you're here, you are. I see Funky Monk with the Team Live. Team Live is uh, also cool. Team SC, though. I'm pushing Team SC. And if it is your first episode, first of all, amazing. This, is, this might be the hardest episode for a first-timer to join. Uh, but if you are here for the first time, welcome to the party, pal. Say what's up. Say hashtag first timer in chat. Hashtag first timer in chat. Welcome to the party, pal. And pick up those sound effects and emotes, my friends. Welcome to the party, pal. All right. Now, now that my brain is kind of functioning, and please grant me grace. It was a three-day weekend. It was a lot of like good food and good drink and, and good friends and good family and just good times and I, I I hit snooze several times this morning. Let's go. Cybersecurity headlines. These are the cybersecurity headlines for Boxing Day, Tuesday, December 26, 2023. I'm Steve Prentice. First American suffers cyber attack. California-based First American, which provides title insurance and settlement services for real estate companies and mortgage providers, confirmed the cyber attack on Thursday. As of this recording, its website remains inaccessible and the company is using a temporary site at firstamupdate.com. The company joins a number of its industry peers, including Fidelity National Financial, Meridian Link, Tipalti, Moneris, ICBC, and Mr. Cooper, which have suffered ransomware, data breaches, or incidents in the past months. Ira. All right. So, you know, here we go. A couple things going on. One, you know, this is a uh, cyber attack that happened on, they said Thursday last week. This is what I'm talking about right out the gate. Threat actors don't care that you have holiday plans. Threat actors don't care that, uh, you know, the kids are asleep with sugar plums dancing in their head. They want their money. Great cash, homie. Right? Pay these men his money. Right? So they don't care. They'll do a crime of opportunity. First American, uh, let's pour a little bit out, everybody, for the uh, incident response team at First American because they definitely were working double shifts and definitely had to explain to their family why they weren't there. Um, that totally, totally sucks. All right. There has been uh, like looking, uh, taking a step back, you know, zooming out, if you will, there has been a massive uptick in uh, cyber attacks, ransomware specifically around um, 
like the home loan, home mortgage industry, that whole, that whole industry, like it says real estate, but I don't think it's so much about like title insurance and stuff. I think it's around loans, reloans. Uh, oh, what a, what a donkey guys. Literally. I said, I don't think it's title insurance. And like, literally the first sentence is title insurance company, first American. So apparently it is equal opportunity. Um, let I'll just, uh, I'll own that one. What a jack wagon this guy is. Uh, anyway, so it, it, here's the thing. The title insurance mistake aside, there has been an uptick. Manufacturing has long been the leader in the clubhouse for industry suffering the greatest, uh, cyber ransomware attacks with healthcare kind of close behind or finance. Now, um, the real estate market, like as they just listed off multiple stories, somebody in, in chat had pointed out that it was, uh, is, is, is like threat actors trying to cause a second home crisis, like uh, 2008 situation where the uh, housing market just imploded on itself and a lot of people lost their money. I personally, I did publicly comment this. I don't think that that's their uh, motivation here. If it happened, I, you know, maybe that's a, a, a a secondary win for them. But in reality, if a bunch of businesses are going out of business, that's less targets for threat actors to hit, right? So ransomware threat actors, they're all about a thriving economy because they want as many fish swimming around in the pond as possible to make it as simple to catch um, dinner that night, right? So if, if, if they're trying to drive an economic downturn, they're not helping themselves. They're actually uh, increasing the difficulty level on their on their ransomware Call of Duty game from like, you know, novice to veteran. Uh, that's a pretty inside uh, reference, but you know what I mean? Like sliding the difficulty slider up for no reason. So the thing I think is one, these companies have massive amounts of money. Two, they most likely have cyber insurance, right? A lot of the big companies do. They just want to get it paid and get back to uh, what's going on. Um, when you're dealing with people's homes and people's money, um, they become very serious, uh, it's like customers and pissy. Like, so like, for example, first Americans website is down. I'm sure that's gotta be very, very impactful to a, a subset of their client base. Right. So there's that, uh, final thing I'll say when I bought my home, I did buy title insurance. It felt like an absolute scam. I don't know if anyone else, uh, feels this way. And since I think it's going to be a slow news story, I'll just throw it out there and we could talk about it in chat or we could talk about it in chat and at jaw jacking. But like I bought my house, it was like, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars. And they're like, Hey, for $75, you can have forever insurance that someone can't claim they own this land before you. And I'm like, how is that possible? Like I am buying the land now. And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if someone comes up and says that like they owned it like 300 years ago, then they own it. But for $75, don't sweat it. One time fee. I'm like, this sounds like so scammy. Like you're selling me, you're selling me a bridge like somewhere, right? Anyways, I always I never really dug on title insurance, but I did buy it because, you know, whatever. Here we go. Thank you, Subro, for re-upping on the squad. Linked group targets defense contractors worldwide. Microsoft states that the Iranian cyber espionage group APT33, also known as Peach Sandstorm, is using a recently discovered false front backdoor malware to attack organizations in the defense industrial base sector. 
According to Microsoft, quote, the custom backdoor supports a wide range of functionalities that allow attackers to remotely control infected systems and harvest sensitive information, end quote. The group is known for using password spray attacks in its initial access campaigns. All right, here we go. Uh, and thank you, uh, James Randolph. James Randolph saying that it, uh, it's not a scam. He's actually heard horror stories. So if there is documented, um, you know, for $79, I don't have to think about it ever again. So I'm all good with that. All right, next story. Way to go, CISO series on a slow cyber news day, pulling out some stories. This is good. So Microsoft is reporting um, that this Iran group is targeting defense industrial base worldwide. So with a backdoor. So there's a, a bunch of things here to pull out. First of all, Microsoft has all of the like Microsoft has enough sensors worldwide to be able to make reports like this and have it be valuable. Okay, like some stickiness to it. Secondly, um, defense contractors worldwide. This is really interesting because. Um, that's a pretty broad statement, right? So I don't know if they're targeting NATO based. It would make sense. It says worldwide, but like Iran's not going to target Russian defense industrial base, right? That'd be like shooting. That'd be like biting the hand. That's not, not that like Russia's feeding Iran, but like they're, they're all aligned on bricks. Like it would be stupid. It'd be like the United. Well, I guess the United States has spied on like the UK before. So maybe it's not all that ridiculous, but um, they're targeting people in defense industrial base. I don't know why. Uh, possibly espionage reasons to get in, intel on um, technology, weapons, troop movements, um, initiatives. A lot of times, defense contractors, I was a defense contractor for like, I don't know, like 10 years. Um, you know, it's not all secret weapons and blueprints to the Death Star. I mean, there's a lot going on. Um, if you think about the you know, the military, the DOD, the Navy, the Marines, whatever, they're all businesses, right? They have employees, they have, you know, quarterly operations, they have recruiting and marketing, right? So they have journalism. So it's a, it's a full, full business. So there's a lot more going on. Um, so when you say that you're targeting these people, who knows what they're doing here? Space Tacos with the gifted subs. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Thank you. Thank you very much, Space Tacos. Uh, wishing you a, a happy holiday. Uh, and they're targeting with a false font backdoor. So the backdoor is a persistence mechanism, but they said they're targeting them with a password spraying attack, which is basically a step above like Metasploit. Um, a password spraying attack is essentially, first of all, password spraying attacks only work if you're not using multi-factor authentication. So get on that. <gasps> Second of all, password spraying, it's basically like if you've done anything with any offensive security labs or training, like one of the first things you do is a brute force attack, right? You take a password list and you spray it. It's very similar, right? So there's some username password list that's been dumped online. There's hundreds of thousands of them. There's millions of names. You can go find them. They're not that difficult, right? And then they take the username and password list and they point it at something like Office 365 or, yeah, I mean, probably Office 365 since Microsoft's the one reporting it. Um, and they see if they log in, it's completely a crime of opportunity. It, it, it's, it's like just short of firing a missile out of your trunk and driving home and turning on the news to see where it landed, right? Like you don't know what you're doing. There's nothing, you know, targeted or very sophisticated about it. You're literally just 
walking through an apartment building, trying every doorknob to see if any of them are unlocked. And then when you unlock one, you walk in and see like, what did we get? Who lives here? What are they into? Is there anything valuable we can take? Right. And then obviously in this case, they're leaving a persistence mechanism. Think of like, a, this is kind of silly, but like a, a teleporter in the apartment that they successfully break into that they can just teleport into the apartment, come and go as they please. But if whoever lives in that apartment finds a teleporter, they can obviously shut it down. Um, I don't know why Iran APT 33 is doing this. Is this muddy waters? Does anybody know that APT 33 miter? If this is muddy water, they're, they're kind of like up and, Oh, this is not muddy water. This is holmium. And they target, we get, uh, they've been around since 2013, which is pretty long. So they're probably like the more, the more, you know, top tier, if you will, but they're also known as holmium and elfin. So yeah, give it up to Iran. They're um, between APT 33 and then APT, the Muddy Waters one. I mean, they're really uh, putting together a representative first world cyber capability. Let's look at the Muddy Water one. So Muddy Water is espionage and works for the Ministry of Intelligence and Security. It's definitely Iranian based. In 33, see, it doesn't say, so Muddy Waters, it says espionage. 33, it doesn't kind of identify it as espionage, but if they're putting in a back door, it seems espionage-esque, right? And Dragos is the one reporting on this. Dragos is a huge OTICS uh, incident response firm. So APT 33, the final thing I'll say is it's potentially possible if you work defense industrial base, and you are operating uh, OT, ICS stuff, that you could be um, even more um, uh, targeted by this. Yeah, you could see here, uh, it's talking about 2013, the petrochemical production. Long story short, if you work in defense industrial base, you obviously should be mindful of these things. If you're supporting a company that works in defense industrial base, get ready for CMMC because that popped last week too. So, um, you know, Defense in depth on this one, guys. EDR agents, C2 traffic for backdoor uh, beaconing, um, <laughs> multi-factor authentication. November saw record numbers of ransomware leak site victims. According to a report from Corvus Insurance, its threat intel group observed 484 new ransomware victims posted on leak sites in November. This represents a 39% increase from October and a 110% increase compared with November of 2022. The report suggests the uptick was in large part due to Lockbit, specifically in relation to the Citrix bleed vulnerability. Cloud Atlas target. What? I like zoned out because of my coffee. God, this coffee's good. After a quieter month, ransomware groups seem to return with a vengeance. Yeah, okay. It might also be because um, sp Scattered Spider by way of Lockbit, I think it was, or Scattered Spider by way of uh, Alf Cat uh, or Black Cat Alfie. I can't remember which one Scattered Spider was tied to, but like they went ham in um, in the summer at the MGM Resorts and Caesars. And then the law enforcement was, you know, actively, you know, breaking, breaking down doors and stuff like that. Now, I know that that law enforcement recently went YOLO um, with Black Cat, but it could have been, it could like, it could have been something uh, that drove this. This is a little bit of a speculative hot take. I don't have any intel on what, what would um, lead you to believe that 
That's true. But it's just if you're reading the tea leaves and kind of reading the room, um, Lon, like <laughs> there's a lot of people who have power that are not um, following. Like there's a lot of people with power in Vegas. OK, there's a lot of money in Vegas, a lot of power. It's not so much mobsters anymore, but there's a lot like when you mess with people's money, like Scattered Spider did, um, back channels get lit up and things happen. So I've always suspected that that was part of it. They were tied to Alfie. Thank you, BSEC. Um, but dude, here's the deal. You know, hide, hide your wife, hide your kids, like hide your business. Like ransomware is not going anywhere. This is what is up until it stops making so much money or the penalty of going getting caught for ransomware is so strong and so likely, then it's not going to happen. Like just to, okay, like, of course, I want to make this a GRC story. Taking GRC for a minute, our basic risk calculation when we're thinking about how bad something is, right? Carl, Carl wants to use some like whatever application or install something silly on our network. And we're like, all right, what's the risk? We do likelihood of bad happening and how bad is bad when it happens, right? Likelihood and impact. With ransomware, think about it from the threat actor perspective. And let's do a, a quick risk calculation. What is the likelihood a threat actor gets caught? Not likely. Okay, so let's low. What is the impact if they get caught? It's it's. I'd say it's moderate to high. But if you look at the grand pantheon, um, not not all the threat actors are getting caught. So like, let's say moderate high high. Okay, so you're still low on the barrier, right? Like maybe not green, but you're like yellowish orange. Okay, not a high risk at all. Then if you look at the like the the benefit. The return on your investment of accepting that risk. Ooh, we're doing risk acceptance. This is actually happening. The the lucrative incentives to to take that risk of a low likelihood. It's it's no. It's not even a decision. It's like yes, like obviously, let's go. Like straight cash, homie. So until one of those things changes, the impact is so high, you're guaranteed to be put in jail for life or disappear. Right? I'm not promoting that. I'm just saying like the only those are the only ways I could think of like escalating the impact. Right? Or you're you're like you touch a keyboard and they know where you are and who you are and your likelihood is down. Or you're not getting paid for doing it. That's the only way these things are going to stop, right? Which is why Conti a million years ago or scattered um, wizard spider switched to double extortion, where they took your data, encrypted it, and then tried to sell it because people stopped paying the ransom and they're like, well, geez, this is kind of hurting our bottom line. How can we monetize this thing over here? Let's sell it. Okay. Or let's threaten to sell it. All right, there you go. Now, and then they're like, oh, well, let's sell the decryption keys too. And then Conti was like, ooh, ooh, like double, double dipping, double dipping in here. We got the snow cone and the ice cream cone. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's Russian companies. Cloud Atlas is a threat actor group whose origins are unknown, but who has been waging attacks on Russia, Belarus, Azerbaijan, Turkey, and Slovenia for a decade. This most recent spear phishing attack is focusing on a Russian agro-industrial enterprise and a state-owned research company, according to a report from a cybersecurity company, FACT, F-A-C-C-T, a Russia-based spin-off group of Singapore-based Group IB. 
Cloud Atlas has also been studied by Kaspersky and Positive Technologies, who described some of its methods, including, quote, hiding their malware from researchers by using one-time payload requests and avoiding network and file attack detection tools by using legitimate cloud storage and well-documented software features, in particular in Microsoft Office, end quote. All right. Hold on. I'm curious. Um, hold on. So this threat actor, Cloud Atlas, is pretty successful. Plus, by the way, shout out. This is a really cool graphic. I like this graphic. Um, it's been linked to a set of spear phishing attacks on Russian enterprise. All right. So they don't know. You don't see this very often reported in the news, okay? Um, except at the beginning of the Russian-Ukrainian conflict when it was like straight up like lobbing bombs at each other, uh, digital bombs. Um, Russian businesses are being targeted, specifically Russian agro-industrial enterprise businesses and state-owned research companies, okay? What does this mean to us? What does this say to me? For, for me, this, this says this is a... <laughs> Cloud Atlas has not been linked to any specific uh, country of origin, but it does sound espionage-esque. It sounds like it's NATO-based. Um, and uh, I'm not saying it's the United States, but... Let's see if we can get any... Ooh, hey, how you doing? All right, so this is written in Cyrillic, so I think it's Russian, but... I can't read this, but basically it's a spear phishing attack. It comes in and gets on your box. And then it sounds like they do all the things that you would expect from a uh, cyber kill chain, um, installing persistence, setting up logging, C2. Uh, there we go. It's all PowerShell based, which means it only runs in a Windows environment, OBS. I know PowerShell can run on other systems, but I, I'm pretty sure if you're running a PowerShell based backdoor, Power, like Empire, like you're kind of focused on Windows environments, which is not you know necessarily out of the question. Um, I just find it interesting. You really don't see often Russian targets um, because most of the threat actors operate in Russia with immunity for not attacking Russian targets. Like it would... It, 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 you want to talk about likelihood and impact, um, the likelihood and impact of, of losing your top cover, <laughs> uh, if you're operating in like Belarus, um, and you, you attack a Russian business, like oof, that would be really bad. Um, I'm actually kind of curious if MITRE tech has anything on origins of this. The United States is really good about their, um, OPSEC. So, I mean, Stuxnet for the longest time wasn't even attributed. Cloud Atlas, Inception. Here we go. I like this. Inception's a cyber espionage group active since 2014. So it's been in place for like nine years. Um, the group's targeted multiple industries, but it's been active in the US, Europe, Asia, Africa, and the Middle East. So literally every country, every continent. Very nice. Very nice. That, that's, uh, that's about as useful as nipples on a bull, right? I mean, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Like, okay, I can't do anything with that. That that's good opsec. It it targets everyone, so it could be anyone. Nothing to see here. And now a word from our sponsor, Barricade Cyber Solutions. Encountering a ransomware attack? Keep cool and reach out to Barricade Cyber Solutions, the trusted DFIR experts. 
Barricade is known for helping small and medium businesses just like yours restore their business data and successfully recover from ransomware. Escape the ransomware nightmare and bring your business back online now. Contact Barricade Cyber Solutions today at recoverfromransomware.com. That's all one word, recoverfromransomware.com. All right, everybody. Ooh, hold on. It's still on. Fix my audio. Maybe I'll do that today. Um, um, don't you forget about me. Ooh, don't fear the Reaper. Here we go. All right, everybody. Holla, holla, holla. Welcome to the mid-roll. I don't think we had any first-timers today, so it's just long-timers in here. <clears throat> holla. Let's rock and roll. Let me know if you guys can hear the music okay with me over it. Oh, God, guys. Hey, you know what? We're here every day punching in, putting in the work. I want to thank all of you that are here today. We got 272 of you beautiful people. Welcome to the party, pal. Again, thank you to the stream sponsors, Barricade, Panopsi, Anti-Siphon. Shout out to Hunter uh, in surgery right now with that heart transplant. Sending good vibes your way, buddy, and the whole Taylor family. Guys, if you're getting value from the stream, entertainment value, educational value, you're just part of the squad. Do me a solid. Hit that like button. Help other people find it. Help other people find the squad, and let's... Let's rock and roll. Yeah, Elite Gunslinger, everybody. Oh, Ronnie Hutchins. Hold on. There we go. Ronnie. Ronnie representing the team first-timer. Hey, Ronnie. Welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to the party, pal, Ronnie. We got a special emote, special sound effect for you there. There we go. Welcome to the party, pal. All right. Woo. All right, guys. Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Uh, Cyber Newbie currently has the baton. Cyber Newbie, we couldn't figure we couldn't figure out who you were on LinkedIn. Uh, it's it's really tough when your name is like Cyber Newbie or Mr. Green Reads or Funky Monk or whatever, like a name that isn't Gerald Osier or Randy Edwards to find your post on LinkedIn. So just shout out uh, to Cyber Newbie if you're in chat. Uh, a, we need you to tag somebody. Uh, Rich, hey mods, can you help Rich Palmer accept a gifted uh, sub? I don't think there's any gifted subs right now to to pick up, but you do have to opt into it. Um, what? Um, so Cyber Newbie's gonna tag someone. Otherwise, I'll tag them. Here's the deal, guys: five minutes a day actively, twenty-three hours, fifty-five minutes a day passively. You can build your uh, professional network pretty solidly. How do you do it? Check it out for free. Go on LinkedIn, search for the hashtag, hashtag simply cyber community challenge. You're going to find people who are posting there. They are our baton holders. We pick one a day. Go online and comment on the first post you find with the simply cyber community challenge post and connect with the people in the comments, connect with the person who originally posted. You're going to add 10, 15 uh, connections right away that are meaningful connections, members of this community, people who are supportive, inclusive cybersecurity people. Now, do it again. Five minutes a day, five minutes a day, five minutes a day, right? Here's the deal. The next person who comes in tomorrow, later today, next week, next month, when they search for the post and they connect with the people in the comments, you will be in the comments 
it will stay there. It'll persist. So you will be building your LinkedIn professional network, which has huge value passively for five minutes. Dude, I'm telling, I say this every day, five minutes a day, come back to me in two weeks and tell me it wasn't worth your time. I, I, pr I promise you, uh, you will not say that. You will say, absolutely. Thank you, Jerry. That was a good time. Mm. All right. Every single day of the week, we got a little special segment. Yesterday, uh, or today was Tuesday, which is Tidbits Tuesday. Normally, I share a little bit of personal bit about myself. I had a what I thought was a really cool one. I have to document these things because they just come up to me while I'm like in the middle of something. But, um, oh, I got it. So check this out really quickly. Um, my, my son Grayson got these like Lego, uh, Lego blocks for Christmas, right? But they're not Lego. They're called mega. If you have, uh, if you have any, um, buddy in your family or kids or your an aunt and uncle or whatever, and you want to like straight crush it, these mega blocks. Okay. I thought it was like a, just a, a bigger, like Lego or something. like, like I, I was like, Oh, Lego has like a separate brand or whatever. No, no, no. These look like a competitor to the Lego and Lego better watch their back. Cause I hear footsteps right now coming at Lego, this mega, um, to, uh, Lego kit or whatever you want to call it. This mega connecting blocks. First of all, the, they package it so well. Second of all, it's really, really well done. The, the owners, the build manual is freaking huge. It's like laminated really nicely. It shows like not just like what pieces to connect, but like which actual block piece connected with which block piece. Great, great. Grayson's got one. It's got like motorized pieces in it. I'm telling you, Mega puts Lego to shame. Like Lego, you've been sitting on your your laurels for too long. And I know Legos are really cool, but dude, check out Mega. Um, I love them. I'd never heard of them before. And I am like converted. I know there's Lego maniacs out here who are like straight up loving Legos. Uh, and that's fine. Lego's got its place, but dude, even get this best thing ever. Like the, the kit itself comes with a tool. That's like a little, it's like a little like ratchet, uh, tool that allows you to easily separate two pieces. So if you've ever stuck two small pieces together and then you're like, Oh, that was wrong. And then you spend like 30 minutes trying to pry them apart and your thumbs are bleeding and you're just like, ah, they literally include a tool that's just like, dink, dink, like way to go mega. Absolutely. I'm a fan. I didn't even get the toy and I'm a fan. I'm all on board. Um, oh my God. So many people are saying in chat that, uh, it, they were, they've been around for years and years, decades. I don't know. What is Meg is Lego got a lock on the, um, on the freaking marketing department or something like that? Because mega blocks should be destroying, um, what's going on because to me, it's no contest. Lego, you got the little Lego guy face. Good on you. You've got the the, the marketing deals with Xbox and the, the Lego games. Mega, I hear footsteps. Come on. Also want to say shout out to Haircut Fish. Dan Reardon watching with the family. Hey, Pearl. Hope Christmas was good to you. Let's go. All right. Let's keep going. And uh, Cyber Newbie, please tag somebody in chat with your, um, with the, uh, uh with the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Let's go. Akira takes credit for Nissan Oceania breach.
Following up on a story we brought you on December 7th, the cyber attack on Nissan's Oceania Group, which covers Australia and New Zealand, has now become a threat from the ransomware group Akira, who state they will post part of a 100-gigabyte haul of documents obtained during that breach. Nissan has refused to pay the ransom, and so Akira stated on Friday that it would reveal some of the material, which includes employee data, project data, clients and partners information, and NDAs. All right, couple things really quickly. DP, DP dropping a uh, 10 gifted subs. Thanks, DP, so much. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Happy holidays to DP and KP. They are a package deal, just like when you were picking teams in uh, square ball when you were a kid or kickball, if that was your jam. And they're like, we take DP, and DP's like, no. It, you get DP and KP, we're a package deal. So shout out, thanks for those gifted subs. And if you're one of the lucky people who just got one of those gifted subs, Welcome to the party, pal. Uh, get that Oprah emote going for all y'all. All right, check it out. Akira, uh, great, great, cool, cool um, ransomware threat actor gang name. Like I would be much rather be called Akira than, um, I don't know, what, what are some of these other, like, I mean, Scattered Spiders, not anything to be, um, you know, like pass your nose up to, but like Akira is pretty sweet. Um, they claim to steal a bunch of data from Nissan Australia. Uh, Nissan told him to suck it, right? Nissan told him like, hey, check your stocking. A lot of, lot of uh, coal in there. And guess what else you're not getting? Straight cash, homie. Yeah, you're not getting straight cash, homie. We're Nissan. You suck. Moving forward. Uh, later. So Akira, the only thing you can do as a ransomware threat actor gang when your victim calls your bluff is to like spam out whatever data you got. Essentially, it has no value to Akira. What they're trying to do is basically... Uh, force Nissan to get scared. Um, Akira, 2017 called. They want their extortion techniques back. Like, that doesn't really work anymore. Nissan's like, whatever. Like, go ahead, leak NDAs, leak emails. <laughs> like, we're fine with that. Uh, the one thing I would say is um, Nissan Australia. Australia did pass some legislation saying that if you got attacked, like had a cyber incident, there were going to be these huge fines that you'd have to pay. I said it when Australia passed the uh, law six months ago, and I say it every time an Australian story comes up, show me the fines, because it seemed like a lot of posturing and a lot of flexing. And I said at the time, this is fine. This makes me feel warm and fuzzy as an Australian citizen, but let me see the teeth. Let me see it take a bite out of a company when they actually get hit. Uh, and we've seen multiple businesses get hit, and I've heard zero um, financial penalties. So it's really tough when you pass a law that literally slaps the person who's funding your political campaign, the private businesses that are investing in super PACs. So um, like, again, short-sighted, gr great pub. Um, ooh, man, look at this too. By the way, just quick, quick shout out. I do love a Hercules monochrome look and feel. Um, this, this is OG. Like, I feel like if you're old, like this is like uh, nostalgia and vibes. I straight love it. Um, also, shout out to um, Bo Bullock, DaftHack, DaftHack.com, who released a website, CTF, at DaftHack.com that has a similar look and feel. Ah, so good. All right, let's keep going. Oh, by the way, if you work really quickly, just to help, you know, for people who want to utilize this, if you work in the automotive industry or manufacturing, because this is even though it's automotive, it's a manufacturing story. Uh, use this information as you know to help drive uh, budget requests. 
Um, you work through a tabletop exercise. They did lay out the impact, uh, the data that was breached in this incident, NDAs, uh, personal emails, um, stolen documents, whatever that is. I mean, that's super generic. Um, but run that through as a tabletop exercise and say, hey, um, this this information got out. What are we going to do about it? Like, are, are we going to, they're asking for a million dollars ransom. What do we do? Like, do we want to do this? Yes, no, whatever. Uh, and then use that as the uh, use case. I definitely want to get a live stream tabletop exercise is going um, in 2024. I'm just super, I got to get cyber 101 done. I, I'm uh, being pulled in a couple different directions, but look for tabletop exercises, live streams in 2024. Uh, I think it's going to add huge value and we could sprinkle in like it's pixie dust, um, backdoors and breaches. Kazakhstan to extradite Russian cyber experts to... Oh, hold on one second. Uh, mods coming in. Alex Rosado wants the baton. Judges? All right, Alex Rosado. You got it, buddy. Let's go. All right, Alex Rosado, hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Looking forward to your post on LinkedIn. Build your network. Thanks, Alex. Moscow despite U.S. requests. In another story featuring the Group IB spinoff company FACT, F-A-C-C-T, its head of network security, Nikita Kislitsyn, will be extradited to Moscow to face hacking and extortion charges for breaking into a commercial enterprise and holding its data for ransom. The extradition comes in spite of a request made by the U.S. Department of Justice, who wants Kislitsyn moved stateside to face charges related to a cyber attack and data theft on the social media company Formspring in 2012. According to the record, quote, Kislitsyn's case is the latest dispute between Moscow and Washington over accused Russian cyber criminals and spies held in other countries at the request of U.S. authorities. Oh, End yeah. quote. Toronto. Uh, okay. So this, I mean, this is like borderline Cold War era, uh, you know, shenanigans. So, you know, like, oh my God, I don't know, mods, if you could pull this up, but in the movie Swordfish, the very first guy that before Hugh Jackman got picked, the original guy, he was kind of like an Eastern European dude with like a big fur jacket and he gets picked up at the airport. Um, this this guy Nikita uh, Nikita Kislitsin, super hacker, right? This is like a, a to me. This is like a throwback to yesteryear, like where he's probably got a really cool online handle, like you know, you know, I don't know, like Acid Burn, like taking it old school, or you know, serial killer, right? Like like going back to the the hackers movie, um, and he hacked into Russian um, Russia, like state state um um systems right i don't want to call it websites but um whatever it is he hacked into in russia now check it out this goes just back what i was saying with russian cold war stuff here's the thing russia is a first world power obviously they're attacking ukraine um that's almost you know some people argue that it's more to like establish a a well-defined uh uh boundary between nato based countries in europe and russia in order to defend uh, like a larger scale war at, you know, some future time. Russia and is like in the BRICS. U.S. is in NATO. All these things are happening. And this guy, Nikita Kislitsyn, clearly has some intel, clearly has some information. So when the United States is asking Kazakhstan to extradite him, Russia is like, hell no. Oh, sorry, Kennedy. Sorry, Pearl. Um, 
Russia's like, uh-uh, no, 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 no. This dude's coming here. Now, they say it's under um, for him to be tried or whatever for hacking in Russia. Again, tinfoil hat. I'm not 100% sure on this one, but think about it for a second. This dude clearly has intel, right? So if he comes to the United States, the United States is going to extract it from him for sure. If he goes to Russia, either the Russians can keep him from releasing it or the Russians can make him an example of why people who operate in Eastern Europe do not attack Russia. Going back to what I just said a little while ago about how a lot of these countries, um, a lot of these threat actor gangs operate with immunity in Eastern Europe because they literally have bulletproof protection under the auspices that's very simple. You can operate in Eastern Europe or Russian controlled spaces if you don't attack Russian businesses or people. And if Russia basically asks you to do a solid, you do it, uh, i.e. weaponizing you as a cyber capability from time to time. It's The rules are simple. And occasionally you see things like this where you know, again, I don't know if it's, um, I don't know if it's legit where he's going to be tried in Russia or if it'll just be like a farce type trial for the sake of like media. Um, and they're and Russia's just extraditing him to basically protect him from being, um, have information extracted from him by the United States, but he definitely knows what's going on. Um, I would love, uh, I'm going to make it a point. I would love to kind of follow this guy's story. He's definitely going back. Uh, but to me, this just oozes Cold War. Like he's in Kazakhstan, he's being held. You know, multiple first world power countries are trying to pull him. I'm sure CIA was there. Department of State was trying to like wrangle some people, call in some favors in Kazakhstan. I mean, this is like the opening scene of a you know Mission Impossible 12, right? And the the Tom Cruise uh, is going to have to like use his walker and run with it and like get Nikita out. We'll see. We'll see. Feel free to use that one, Sony Pictures. Public library remains a crime scene after a ransomware attack. This story follows an attack that occurred in late October. The library, far from being a single building, has 100 branches across the city and employs a staff of 5,000. City librarian Vickery Bowles stated in a year-end blog post that although certain services have been restored, the library remains a, quote, crime scene, end quote, given that employee data was stolen and that a great many computer systems are out of operation. This, she says, has impacted Toronto's most needy and vulnerable citizens who rely on the library for access to computers and to the internet. Bowles also explained that the lengthy recovery is taking months because, quote, the library needs to bring everything back in a way that allows it to prevent future attacks, end quote. All right. So this is just a follow up um, to the story of the Toronto library. Um, I don't know. There's something librarians kind of hold a special place, at least in my heart. Like they seem like warm and like they're almost like comfort food personified. I don't, I don't know if that even makes sense, but I usually just say what I'm thinking, but like librarians, it's like, ah, oh, like you're the, you're the gatekeeper to like knowledge. And like, this is, you know, when was last, I mean, I know some librarians, they're usually depicted as like, you know, almost, um, unbelievably, uh, firm and rigid about noise in the library. But besides that, they're usually like, Oh, like so comfortable. Uh, this, this librarian sending out an email to everybody expressing deepest appreciation for support, uh, with gratitude and heavy heart. I mean, this is like, this is not a chat GPT developed email from this librarian. This librarian 
it, it almost reads like she penned it in calligraphy with like a felt tip pin fireside. Um, you know, at the end of the day, guys, if you're trying to educate this, here's the, the use of this story. Okay. I feel like this story smacks with emotion and, you know, the human impact downstream of a business that you may think like, ah, whatever, you know, uh, it's fine. Um, you can use this to kind of convey like, you know, there's real people who are really impacting. It's not straight up the business and, you know, straight cash homie all the time. Straight cash, homie. Sometimes it's, um, sometimes it's, you know, there's, there's human impact. Now, over 10,000 people have registered for new library cards. They've taken out, uh, they, physical takeouts of the books have happened a while. So they say that in the story, they said that the city, like Toronto, the seed, the city's most needy people are unable to access services. I mean, with all due respect, okay? And again, I, I'm shooting from the hip right now. So I don't research or prep for these stories. So let me just tell you, what I'm thinking is if I'm the most needy person, like, okay, I guess like if I'm really needy and a book is also in my Maslow's pyramid of needs, I need food, shelter, clothing, and a good book. Um, I would physically go to the library. Like there's, if, if I'm so needy, but I can only access the library over the internet, that means I have internet. Um, which means I have like a computer or a cell phone. Like it's just, to me, I, I feel like it's a bit hyperbolic to say the city's most needy people are being left out in the cold, pun not intended. Um, but anyways, people are still screwed, right? I mean, there is a human impact to this. So we're just going to roll on that. And now last week in ransomware. One of the biggest stories of the past couple of weeks has been the FBI raid on ALF v. Black Cat, which resulted in the retrieval of a number of decryption and Tor private keys that were then used to decrypt 400 victims for free. As a result of the tug of war between the FBI and Black Cat, who now effectively share the decryptors, some affiliates are choosing to work with Lockbit instead. Also, in addition to those companies already mentioned in this episode, last week saw the University of Buenos Aires suffer a ransomware attack, as well as VF Corporation, the owner of brands like Supreme, Vans, Timberland, and the North Face, which has disclosed not a ransomware attack, but a security incident that caused operational disruptions. Just All right. And I do like books. I mean, if you've been a long timer, you know that I'm a pretty... Um... I mean, I'm not a ferocious reader, but I do read quite a bit. I've usually got at least two books going. Um, yeah, 100%. See, Brian, sometimes homeless, uh, uses the library. Yeah, like physically, the library is still accessible. And, like you can go into the library. You can take a book out. You can sit there and read the news. All right, so check it out. Uh, it's, it's you know, the first day of the week um, or the first day of the work week. So, um The, the ransomware roundup, which basically is the junk drawer in your kitchen. Uh, this is like, you know, to have kind of a, a relatable, this is kind of, you know, the tub of food in your fridge right now that has like, you know, a, two chicken wings, a scoop of mashed potatoes and like a pork chop. And like, yeah, you can, you can make something here, right? I mean, look around, think about it. There's something in here for everybody. So regardless of where you work, what you work, um, there's usually something in here, right? The big, big news is that law enforcement took down Black Cat Alfie. Regulators! <clears throat> it was a 
right? So Black Cat Alfie's uh, been taken down, which has been really good. Black Cat Alfie continues to like argue with law enforcement about the 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 you know reality of that. Um, the one thing that I do find interesting, and again, I, I don't know if you guys notice, I do this a lot, but like these ransomware cybercrime gangs, they're basically businesses. So you have to apply business principles to them in order to really, uh, pre- you know, predict what they're going to do and appreciate what they're doing. Again, I don't condone cybercrime. Okay. But so when I say appreciate, I mean, from a pure academic business operations perspective, they do things well. This one, Black Cat Alfie gets taken down by law enforcement. Now, you are an affiliate of Black Cat Alfie. You've committed crimes. You've been getting paid. You drive a wicked nice car. Way to go. Black Cat Alfie gets taken down. So now you have concern like, okay, like, is law enforcement got my IP address? Does law enforcement have screenshots of me talking to them? It's too hot, right? It's too hot. The likelihood Going back earlier to my GRC story, the likelihood has gone up because of this law enforcement intervention. Lockbit is across the street, right? It's Lowe's and Home Depot. Lockbit is across the street. I can buy my hammer, nails, and ransomware at Lowe's or Home Depot. I can buy it at Black Cat or Alfie or Lockbit. It doesn't really matter to me as an affiliate. I just want to get some malware and get paid. Great cash, homie. So no surprise, Black Cat Alfie's losing uh, market share um, of affiliate threat actors because law enforcement's intervention. And good. I hope law enforcement goes after him. I hope Lockbit... I don't know if this was on stream the other day, but like somebody showed it to me. Lockbit and Alfie, like on dark web forums, are like chatting with each other about teaming up against law enforcement uh, and like you know, like Wonder Twins Unite kind of thing, like the enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of thing. We'll see if that does anything. We have seen some large posturing by threat actors a few times in the past year or two. Uh, Notably, if you remember, Revil and Killnet Russia, this is a pretty specific one, but Revil, who who has since been disbanded, but Revil and Killnet um, said that they were going to attack like the Ukrainian, like... um, stock market or Ukrainian businesses or something like on a certain day at a certain time, like they were like boogeymen, like, Whoa, like you can count down and set your watch to it. And, uh, thanks BSEC for sending that to me. And then, um, like, as far as I know, nothing ever came of it. So I don't know if United States or NATO powers or Ukraine or, you know, Europol, Interpol, like, I don't know if there was some intervention that never made the news, right. Which happens all the time. or like it was just posturing and it was just bull crap. I don't know. But anyways, TLDR, if you work in the industry, go to the ransomware roundup, find a story that you can use to drive cyber risk reduction, educate your end users, get budget from leadership, have a specific story um, to, to convince somebody not to install silly stuff on their website. I mean, on their, um, on their machines. And uh, yeah, there you go. Always useful. And just one more time, way to go law enforcement. It is not trivial. It's not trivial to do a massive organized law enforcement campaign. Believe that. All right, guys. Hey, somebody let Nick Barker know we're hitting it right at 9 a.m. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. All right, guys. If you were here just for the news, which I'm sure uh, many of you were, thank you so much. It was great 
doing the news with you. Happy December 26th. Happy Tuesday. Again, shout out to Family Reardon, bringing the heat family style for the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. Always nice. Uh, this has been episode 522 of the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. We're going to pivot over to jawjacking. So if you want to hang out, high five and grab uh, grab a, another cup of coffee and come chill with us, I'll, I'll roll for about 30 minutes and um, we'll go from there. Maybe 15 minutes. I really do need to do some Cyber 101 stuff. Otherwise, I'll see you tomorrow consistently every single weekday morning except for the occasional Christmas day. I'm Jerry from Simply Cyber. Until next time, stay secure. I'll see you at Jawjacking. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the party. I am your host, Jerry Guy. This is Jawjacking. It's basically a chill AMA coming hot off the heels of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing, where we just hang out, have a good time, answer questions, share wins, support losses. All about good times. Justin Rohr is here for the long haul, my man. Good to see you, Carrie. Hope everybody had a wonderful holiday. I got to tell you guys, I celebrate Christmas. Christmas on Monday. Oh my God. So good. So good. Um, I love three-day weekends. Chris Whitlock wanted to know what the ETA for the Cyber 101 course is. No, not March. Like this, I will have... Stu- I'm So Chris, beta testers will be in first week of January, I hope. And... Um, we will have live, live students. I've got nine students as pilot students from the university up in Massachusetts I've been working with um, last week of January. So th- it is going. Um, I'm just, I've been having a real challenge with the labs. Um, unfortunately, I'm having to, like, it's kind of supply chain issues. I can't, I can't, I don't have the tech, I don't have the infrastructure to host the lab. So I've been working with a third party um that technically is quite capable but operationally it's been a bit of a struggle um hey lyle merton yes thank you uh my doppelganger dr gerald dozier oh my god kenneth lowey knows what's up eaton kelly's i gotta tell you this is a pretty uh niche deep cut but if you're from boston i know boston rob kenneth obviously knows uh, roast beefs is kind of a thing on the North shore and where you go is kind of a thing. I mean, it's not nearly as popular as like where you get a, uh, a cheese steak in Philly, but if you're from that area, like Lynn, Revere, Saugus, um, Marblehead, Marblehead, oh, Jesus. Um, then you know what's up. And for my dollar, I got to go to Supremes in Danvers. Supremes in Danvers is where I get my beefs. I get a beef two way cheese and, um, on an onion and then dripping. That's how I order it. Let's go. By the way, that sandwich I order is literally uh, like 4,000 calories. So you can eat, you can only eat it like once a year. Like it's like a pound of beef on it. Hey Jerry, quick question. Do I really, this is from Evan Barnett. Do I really need to post frequently like more than five times a week on LinkedIn? Well, being super active matter as long as you keep info like certs updated. So Evan, it depends on what your goals are, okay? 
if you're trying to like um, build presence and you know do those type of things, then more frequently is better. But what I would say is for me with LinkedIn, I'm kind of an, uh, I wouldn't consider me like normal because I've got all these different things that I'm trying to like uh, promote and let people know about. If I was just doing myself, I think quality is going to have a larger impact than quantity, right? So if you, if you like have a cool resource, share it, right? But if you're just like, ah, like, Hey, happy Tuesday. Like that's fine, but it doesn't have as much sticking power. I know it's very difficult, Evan, to have like a quality post every single day, like sit down and do a thought exercise. But what I would say is a way you can like not weaponize it, but definitely take advantage of it. Like whatever you're working on, like say you did Advent of Cyber, say you're like building uh, Eric Capuano's sock lab, say you're, you know, studying for a cert or whatever, sharing those things. And then again, stay with me here. Write it offline, like write it in a Notion template, write it on, in a Excel spreadsheet or whatever. And then maybe every, like once or every two weeks or three weeks or whatever, like if you had something that was particularly valuable, like, oh, hey guys, like here is a resource I found, like the SOC uh, Analyst Lab, right? You can take that post and repost it. And it, you can do two things. One, you can change the graphic associated with it. So it looks a little different. Two, you can highlight something else in the first sentence or two about that course, but then keep the bulk of the post the same. And three, and I, I know this from a lot of experience, okay? Like your posts, my posts, everyone's posts, like only like 10% of people are going to see them because they, they, the way the algorithm works, it's not like it's the, the next thing right there. It's it. So when you're reposting it, it's not that you're like, um, it's not that you're like inundating everybody with the same stuff. Like you're just standing on the on the um, street corner or every day you get on the bus and you're like, here's, here's a cool lab. Here's a cool lab. Here's a cool. Same thing. Like it's literally like different people on the bus every day. Right. So, or think about getting on the subway, right. Or a train when you get on it, it's different people standing around you most days, right? Sometimes it's the same person if it's the morning commute, but not all the time. So you can get a lot of value from resharing and which gives you the ability to scale up Evan, because you're still producing quality content. And you can do it um, a little bit more frequently. Again, you need to like balance that, obviously. Um, yeah, and I would say to Jesse Johnson's point, uh, stay consistent, right? So say you can only post once a week, right? Right, like me streaming every single day multiple times is insane. But say you can post once a week, right? then take, take ownership of that, right? Like for whoever's listening, right? Like be like, hey, here's Evan Barnett's Thursday drop. Or here is um, Dan Reardon. Well, I mean, Dan Reardon has Thursday meme of the week, but like, like it could be like, here's Rich Palmer's cyber tip of the week. Or, you know, here is um, Jesse Johnson's um, InfoSec uh, resource of the week, right? And you just spend like 15 minutes and go find a bunch of resources. There's a ton of GitHub repos that have awesome, they're called awesome lists. Just grab 10 links off those awesome lists. There's 10 posts. Use a graphic, definitely use a graphic and uh, make the first couple sentences interesting, right? Like uh, it's gotta be a hook. Now you're starting to get into like human psychology and stuff, but just trust me on these things, okay? All right, what else we got? God, this coffee's good. Shout out to 
uh, Brett Mason, Josh Mason's dad, and Coffee Roaster. Oh, I I'm, I texted your dad this morning, Josh. I'm ready to get the train up and running on getting this uh, coffee in a more consistent. Like I need a I need to get the Amazon subscribe going for this coffee. Oh, so good. All right, if you aren't eating roast beef on WEC, you aren't eating a real roast beef. <laughs> Rex, that's good. Oh, it's so good. I might even have a picture. Hold on. Well, actually, I'm not going to force you guys to watch me look through my phone. Boban is saying, I'm debating on posting my first uh, R-O-L-F copter code as my LinkedIn debut. I don't know what that, what's that? Rolf copter rolling on, what is a Rolf copter? Is that something I should Google? Oh, definitely use AI to make it easier. At this point, <clears throat> all right, so I saw Dan Reardon post something about his family. Pearl and Reed would like to hear a yeet and welcome to the party, pal. Oh, Pearl and Rad. Hey, Pearl. Well, so I know Pearl's been on the stream before, but Rad, that's new. So welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to the party, pal, Rad and Pearl. Welcome to the party, pal. And also, it sounds like they're signing up for Team Yeet. Marcus Kyler, is there room on uh, the Team Yeet for two more? Yeet. <laughs> Love it, love it, love it. All right. Oh, R-O-L-F copter is a meme ASCII code thing. All right, let me Google that. I know like Goatsy is a meme ASCII thing, but I wouldn't want that on my... Oh, yeah, here we go. All right, so this is it. I, I've seen this before. I didn't know it was called that, but yeah, here we go. There we go. You can see my, this is the Python script I do to pull the headlines every morning. <laughs> uh, there we go. This is how the magic's made right here for the headlines. <clears throat> I do, I do got to tell you like uh, getting, uh, well, here we go. Marcus Kyler says, Pearl and Rat are in the Yeet crew. There you go. Welcome aboard, everybody. <laughs> oh, man. So good. I love it, Boban. <sighs> Got some family coming into town. Oh, by the way, this will be the first time that we're going to have family come into town where I now operate out of the studio. So I don't, you guys, for some of you who are, uh, you know, been here a while, right? The squad members and such. My studio used to be in the guest bedroom. So like whenever we'd have family come, I'd be like, good morning. I know it's 7.30 a.m., but you've got to go somewhere else, uh, which is totally uh, not cool if you're having guests at your house and you basically boot them um, first thing in the morning. So it'll be nice uh, for family to be able to sleep in or do whatever they want because I can come out to the studio. Uh, a lot of people have been asking for a video of the studio. I've been wanting to do it. I, I really wanted to wait until I finished setting it up, but that doesn't look like that's going to happen. So maybe I'll just do a quick little video for everybody 
uh, and post that online if people are interested. CJ's working out of the garage. Yeah. Oh, yeah, CJ. I forgot about that. Yeah, CJ's right. I did do a stream out of the garage and like the, a super janky, um, a super janky, uh, you know, that's the one, that's another great thing about the Simply Cyber community. You guys are like so accepting. Like I've, I've, I've streamed from some like pretty gnarly situations um, and nobody ever complains about that, right? As long as the stories come in. Uh, so I, I've always been a fan of that. Ugh. Marcus Kyler, Jesse Johnson wants to know if he can join the Yeet crew. Judges? <laughs> Sounds good. Hey, Rhonda, good, good. Oh, hold on. Dan Reardon sent a fun picture. Let's check it out. There we go. Let's check it out. I think this is uh, Leonardo, Donatello, Michelangelo, and Rad. Nice. Good to see you. Look at this. We got the Super Nintendo on hot right here. I love it. And then full screen TV. Very Inception-like, Rad. Love it, love it, love it. Cool. Thanks, Dan. All right. Where, where's everybody at? What are we doing? <laughs> Thanks, DP. I, I can't remember. Like, mod, I don't know if mods could pull this up. It was probably around Christmas time last year, honestly, when I did the uh, garage stream. If, if someone found it, 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 would, it might be hard because I definitely didn't name it the garage stream. But uh, Lagrat is in here. 48 Laws of Power? No, I've never read that. Let me, let me Google it. 48 Laws of Power. I feel like I heard of it once in like a motivational video or something, but let me take a look at it. Anybody into guitar? Evan Barnett, settle in, buddy. There's a subset of uh, Simply Cyber community members, including Jesse Johnson, who shred at guitar. Here's the 48 Laws of Power. Let's see what this is. Ruthless, instructive. A definitive manual for anyone interested in gaining, observing, or defending against ultimate control. What the? What is this? Never take your position for granted. Never let any favors you receive go to your head. Never waste valuable time or mental peace of mind on the affairs of others. Okay. Very cool. I feel like I'm living some of these things already, but yeah, right on. I haven't heard of this, but if someone's got a thought on it, I'll be interested. Add it to the book club. Language Express says it's a good read. Okay. Cool. Yeah, Evan Barnett. We got the guitar. Hey, I got to tell you, Wild West Hackenfest had a, um, like an open mic night, which kind of was more of just a jam session. Uh, a couple shredders were in there. Bo Bullock, Jesse Johnson, John Strand. Uh, Josh Mason did some uh, singing. So uh, Evan Barnett, there is, there is jams for that. Um, I know some people are asking for an in-person Simply CyberCon. That makes my head melt. Uh, but if we ever do it in person, I will tell you that we can have an open mic night and get, get crazy on that. 
I do have a guitar. I have a breed love, but like if I was to call myself a guitarist, I'd be lying to myself. But, you know, it is what it is. Hold on. All right, sorry. Doing a little mod, doing a little work on the side here. Oh. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, Carrie saying it would be sticky with the jam session. Oh, that's funny, Casually Joseph. Yeah, in the garage would have been good. I. That's another, that's like a, a sleepy... Um, Tidbits Tuesday. I love the Weezer Blue album. I listen to it all the time. Oh my gosh. B-Sec. Digging through the crates. <laughs> B-Sec. Digging through the crates. Leave it to a DJ to dig through the crates and find that one that one song. Here we go. Oh, it's the old intro too. The modem intro. Here we go. See if I can get a full. I never changed the screen to the, the double cut. But anyways, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. So this is not the garage. This is the, um, this is at my aunt's house in North Carolina. This is a, uh, this is a, um, on, this is a remote stream, but this is actually in North Carolina uh, during Thanksgiving. I honestly think it was probably right around um, Christmas time of last year. A nice pull. Nice pull. Shout out to Base Case that um, Simply Cyber Flag in the background is looking good. Oh, Josh Mason coming up with ideas. You got to be careful with Josh Mason. His, uh, he's got big ideas. All right. What else you got? By the way, really quickly, just looking at this stream, shout out to some long timers. This is from last year. Holler at you, Liam, Joel, BSEC, James Utakudo, uh, Dennis Owa, Jim Wales, always. Kimberly can fix it. Kimberly in the green, now a mod. She's blue. She's got a blue badge. So many, so many cool things to see uh, over time change. Evan Barnett said we could do a. Simply Cyber Shred Collab. Yeah, I'm I'm down to support whatever. We'll have to figure it out. I just, I suck at, sorry, Pearl and Rad. I'm, I'm not good at guitar. I got to bar chords and was like, no, I'm good. Oh my God, Rex, with a minor cornea tear. Oh, please get better soon, Rex. For, to Rex's minor cornea tear. Catch me outside. How about that? Yeah, catch it outside. No, no good, man. Oh, hold on. B-Sec digging through the crates. Garage stream. Here we go. Here it goes. I don't even know what this is going to look like. Oh, my God. Look at this. Look at this. We've got... Um, We've got the beer fridge. We've got bicycles. Garage, like this is the the garage stream. Harish Kumar, who I haven't seen in a while. Uh, Harish, garage style. Love it. Jim Lunn with the gar garage discussion. 
So this is it. This is us right here in the garage. Way to go, Simply Cyber Community. What a uh, what a what a what a pull. Such a such a deep cut. Oh my god. That's funny. Thanks so much. That's so funny. Lazar Rivera up in here. Hey Frank. Frank Andriuli. Good to see you, Frank. We're just just kicking it here. I love it. I forgot I had like the Simply Cyber on location mic. Legrat. Dude, I know some of you have seen it, but like if you ever see the mobile studio setup, it is it is a uh, hot mess express. I mean, it works and what you guys see on stream looks okay, but it is a mess going on behind the scenes. I know James McQuiggan's seen it. A couple of you have seen it. All right. How's everybody doing though? Is everybody, hope everybody's feeling well. Jesse Johnson, he didn't find us for the two weeks until after the garage stream. He missed out. Who knows though? You know, the thing is, I can't, I didn't predict I was going to do the garage stream. Like that's, that's why you got to tune in. You don't know where Simply Cyber's going. Got my first IT job last week after months of interview. Greg does stuff. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, Greg. Shout out to Greg does stuff. Greg does IT work, not just stuff. Way to go, man. I know that interviews are a grind and uh, businesses are belt tightening and the end of the year can be really tough to get uh, interviews and stuff. People are pushing off to the new year. So shout out to you, dude. Yes, Marcus Kyler with the best Christmas in a long time. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. So good. Yep, Greg does stuff. Killing it. Love it. Super happy for everybody. BSEC with 17 months of squad membership. He's been a long time. Uh, mod feels like 17 years through all the uh, through all the pain and audio toiling I put him through. But congratulations, BSEC. I think I probably have a uh, membership. How do I do this? I probably have something I can shout out here. Oh my gosh, hold on. There we go. There we go. There's mine. 11 months. I'll be a blue badge soon. <laughs> Casually, yeah, 100 foot Ethernet cable. I do have a 100 foot Ethernet cable. OVS. It's all good. All right. So cool. Justin Moore, I don't have a choice but to start applying. The company I work for is closing next week. Oh, that sucks, Justin. I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, I will. I don't share this often, but there's a really good website. Um, 
it's layoffs.fyi. There's so there's um I saw this tip and and mods if you can help me. Um yeah, yeah, BSEC's been around for years. I think BSEC and I met along with Base Case when I was a guest on Neil Bridges' stream um a while ago. It was like June of 2021. Not not like it was it was June 2021. Um so layoffs.fyi Oh my god, what do I got? Head injury. Layoffs.fyi is pretty good. They 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 document like all the all the documented layoffs again. Sorry, Justin. But oh my god. Oh my god. You can see here, Jesus, PATUM um laid off a thousand people on Christmas Day. Not a good look. Intel laid off 311 people. So this is something, but there is a website or you can like look for like um, upcoming layoffs. There's a, I forget what the, someone, I saw a video on LinkedIn about it. Upcoming layoffs uh, search. Like basically big companies have to disclose that they're going to be lay. Oh, worn records. Um, you have to like, you have to disclose that you're going to be laying off people publicly. So um, this is a wicked thing. So check it out. Um, see if I can show you this. Uh 2023 maybe all right take care uh anyways like it's not just layoff history it's like um it 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 could be like up like you're saying like in 45 days we're gonna be laying off so like you can literally find out that your company is gonna be making layoffs before they announce it publicly or internally uh to you so let me see if i can say like warn uh tracker record and then let's do um california right uh lauren latest yeah here it is you have to go to like the actual one for the state this is a state-based thing so let me see warn notices that's the thing so through no is it warn records believe me this will be worth it if i get it right All right, here we go. So this is, oh, um, hold on. Let me, let me open this up. All right. So again, I know that this will be worth it if I can do this. All right. So Here's the thing. It's like, it's the effective date. So they have to do it at a certain point, but then the effective date's the one that you want. So can I do, um, uh, where are the filters? I used to have, I used to be good at shortcut keys too, but. All right, so check this out. I'm filtering by 2024. Okay, this hasn't happened yet. I just want to show you guys this because this is super valuable to know. Okay. This is just the state of California. And you can see um, Contra Costa County Peloton. So check this out. Peloton, the company Peloton, they're going to be laying off people on February 1st, 2024. Or Peloton Interactive. Six employees. So it's, I mean, a small business. They're shutting their doors on February 1st. Let's look at another one. Um, larger employees. 
amounts, let's say uh, greater than say a hundred people. Okay. And let's say, I mean, look at this dude. This is crazy. Um, I'm trying to find a, a, like a company we all know Amazon. Okay. Amazon is laying off 114 people. And if you're watching the stream and you're finding this out that you work there and you're finding this out, I am so sorry. The Glendale, California location for Amazon is permanently closing. I don't know if this is a distribution facility or not, but do you see what I'm saying? On January 2nd, so next week, I don't know if, if they've communicated that out or not, but this is it, right? This, this, uh, motel hotel thing, hotel, motel, holiday in. All right. They're closing permanently 870 employees, right? So anyways, find your state. That was all a long way to say, find your state, search for the warn records of your state. At least, you know, if you're worried about the com your company and you think your company might be going sideways, they have to disclose it that way. <clears throat> hey, LaGrat. Red shirt, Enterprise, I like it. Makes me think of Dave Shapiro. <laughs> That's funny. Gary Sturgiotis in the house. Is there a site that complies major, compiles major hiring data like when a Google or Amazon has gone on a hiring spree? Not that I know of, but if anyone in chat knows um, of a major hiring spree kind of website, let me know. That's right, Marcus Kyler. You know what's up, dude. See, Marcus Kyler and I are always like, and Boston Rob, we're always uh, kicking it old school. Uh, possibly BSEC, but I'm not sure. I don't think it is. BSEC said he thinks it's public companies only. I don't know about that. I mean, a six-person company, I don't think it's public. I mean, I'm not going to do the research right now, but um, actually, you know what? Let's do this. <laughs> Let's do this. Do, do, do. Asking ChatGPT, what companies? What companies are required to submit warn record? War, to submit warn record notices. Here we go. Let's find out what ChatGPT's got to say on this thing. <clears throat> They have to meet certain criteria regarding size and nature of the layoff. Private sector employees with 100 or more employees are generally covered under the WARN Act. Um, if there's a mass layoff of 500 employees or more, if there's a plant closing, <clears throat> and you have to do it within 60 days, some states have more stringent WARN Acts than others. Okay, thank you, ChatGPT. <laughs> oh, Justin Rohr, you're you're great, man. <laughs> Alex Goodwin. Good to see everybody. 
Cyber 101 is going to be good. The thing is, so I've got some beta tester students. I, I really wanted to wait until the labs were set up so the, the beta tester students could be like full-on, legit beta testers. And um, the, the labs, man, it just, it's brutal. Um, I really don't want to have to pivot. But I will tell you, being an absolute glutton for punishment... Yesterday, like, again, I know I'm supposed to be taking it easy. But um, on, de on, on December 24th, Christmas Eve, um, you know, it was kind of chill. People were taking it easy. People playing games or whatever. I outlined my next course. And uh, as much as I want to do the YouTube, like how to make a YouTube channel course, which is a lot of fun. My next course is going to be like, it's basically going to be The Apprentice. Okay. I, I, I talked to and confirmed. I have a company in Charleston that has agreed to allow me to do a full enterprise risk assessment on their business and film the entire thing, including the interviews, all email comms. I will be fuzzing people's face out for anonymity. Uh, and I'll be changing some of the answers. So I'm not basically doxing what their uh, cybersecurity posture is publicly, because uh, that would be ridiculous. Um, but it's going to be a full-on, like, immersive experience. So you, the student, is going to come in, and I'm like, hey, what's up, new hire? And you're like, awesome. And I'm like, let's just run an enterprise risk assessment. And then it'll be like lectures where it's like, this is how we're going to prep it. And then it'll be like, instead of labs, it'll be like the actual execution of the preparation and talking to the client and everything. And then on site and likewise with the lectures, my only question, and actually let me, I'm going to pop a poll really quickly. Um, I have a question for people. I have a question for people. Um, uh, Uh, okay. Um, sorry guys. So this, this poll is going to look like crap, but before you vote, please hear me out. What I'm asking is if you are going to take a class that is basically going to be a complete ride along on doing an enterprise risk assessment with me. I feel I have to teach you the theories about what we're doing and why we're doing it and how to do it and what the tools look like. Like, okay, here's the template. Here's why I'm asking these things. Here's what we can expect to happen. Then going on site and doing it, I can basically, there's, there's basically like three parts. There's pre-assessment, assessment, like on site. Um, then there's post-assessment. Okay. And then there'll probably be like, Hey, what are we doing here? Lecture at the beginning and then like a wrap up. What did we learn? End bookmarking the or book ending the whole course. So there's like five modules essentially, right? I'm asking in this poll, would you, would you as a student, based on what I just told you, and I can give clarification if you want, would you prefer where it's like lecture than lab, lecture than lab, lecture than lab? Like, here's what pre-assessment is. Here's what it looks like. Here's the tools we're going to use. Now let's jump in and do like go on site. Like I'm, I mean, I'm sending an email right now to the client. 
here's, I'm on a phone call, like listen to the MP3 of the phone call. Like we're talking through this, getting the gig, right? I'm doing my initial evidence request. Now go into the on-site assessment module. All right, here's the on-site. Like these are the theories. These are the lectures. These are the tools. Here's our calendar invites. Now let's go on-site and do those. Or would you prefer all theory, then all assessment broken out individually so you could basically learn everything then apply everything that's what i want to know uh hopefully that poll makes sense i'm actually really curious because i can see i can see value in both especially if you are going to redo the class multiple times i think it would be really nice to have all of the apprenticeship on like you know immersive videos doing a client engagement um together but what i will tell you is this is going to be, this is intentionally designed to be a transformative class. So you will come in never done, or I mean, you may have done it. You just want to skill up, but like basically it could take somebody who's never been uh, done a risk assessment or whatever. And when you're done, you will have done a risk assessment an enterprise risk assessment. You will walk through that entire workflow and I'll have assignments for you along the way. And basically you do the assignment and then uh, I'll show you the outputs of what that it should look like. And you can basically fact check yourself. All right. So what are people saying? 38 people voting right now. Most of you want it blended along the way. Please, please uh, take, please vote on this. If you would, I would genuinely appreciate your feedback. Blend. A lot of people like the blended. Okay. That's cool. I like that. All right, so Michael McBride saying learn it, then do it. I'm not sure if that means the blended approach. All right, a lot of people think the blended's better because your ability to apply it right after you learned it is good, okay? Alpha Sierra. So you know what I could do, kind of to Alpha Sierra's point? I literally could have the labs blended along the way and then just have a module at the end that's all the labs and as a courtesy and say like, you know, Hey, this is all the same content that was already in the course, but I've compiled it here. So you can go through the entire assessment again, if you want more out of convenience. I don't know if you guys like that. I mean, that's, that's duplicative. So I'd have to manage both, but I I'm willing to do that. Okay. A lot of people like the blended along the way. I like that. All right. So most people like the blended. Okay. Well, thank you all very much. Um, lecture all then lab. That would prove that you could retain it. Okay. Uh, Alex Goodwin saying there's a higher likelihood of retention. Okay. All right, well then I'll do blended. I mean, it, it'll be easy. I mean, basically what I'm going to do, like, thank you very much everybody for voting. I appreciate you. Um, basically, here's the deal. I'm going to, I'm going to just do the, like go on, do the full assessment and record everything and then go and make the lectures afterwards. Um, the one thing I've got to do, I think I might hire a cameraman or camera woman um, because I need to be, I, like I'm going to be doing in, like is a more advanced skill. I need to be focused and I can't be like Johnny with a vlog camera and, you know, doing my work. So I might actually have to film somebody or hire somebody to help me with that. But that's, 
we'll see how that goes. Figure it out. All right, guys, it's 940. I got to get out of here. Um, genuinely appreciate all of you. Thank you so much for voting. Uh, thank you for being here. Thank you also very much for showing up today. I'll be back tomorrow at 8 a.m. Eastern time for the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. Be well, everyone, and I will uh, see you soon. Happy holidays. I'm Jerry, your chat. Until next time, stay secure. If you enjoyed that content, keep the cybersecurity train going by connecting with the other Simply Cyber community resources. We have the Discord server that's lively and always keeps the conversation going. You can connect with me directly on LinkedIn. And also every single weekday morning on the Simply Cyber channel, we're doing live daily cyber threat briefings, 8 a.m. Eastern time, as well as Thursday at 4.30 p.m. We're doing live stream interviews with industry experts, and we produce videos that we push out every Wednesday morning. I'm Jerry from Simply Cyber. I hope you enjoyed the content, and we'll see you in the next one. Yeah! <laughs>